Hello and welcome to How to Be a Podcast Genius. You know, making a podcast is a lot like making a pizza, really, because you need a solid base. Uh, you've got to be able to have all the right ingredients and you want to be able to organize them in the right way so that, you know, the whole thing is appealing uh, to the end user. I guess as well, you know, it's easy to handle and you want it to be a very snackable kind of format. But, of course, unlike a pizza, you never want your podcast to feel a bit flat. <laughs> This week on How to Be a Podcast Genius, uh, we are going to try and settle the big question of the day, which is, should you create a podcast or should you do something like a free webinar for uh, clients? Um, and, uh, uh, you know, the answer to that question is podcast. I mean, basically, you don't need to listen to the show because the answer to that question is podcast. No, no but seriously, podcasts are way, way more effective than free webinars. I mean, but I suppose at the end of the day... The important thing to remember is uh, you could do something that's zingy and engaging, that's really on brand, that's cheap to produce, is easy to manage, and you know enables you to build the profile of your staff and also you know build your brand presence in social media. Or you could do a free webinar. There's still time to get a refreshing beverage or perhaps a salty snack from the kiosk, and you're gonna want that because you're about to sit down for an hour in front of your screen with a whole load of tiny little Microsoft Teams windows and a pair of headphones on watching a free webinar. Please make sure that you turn off your mobile phone because it will distract you as you play Candy Crush while someone is talking and being boring. And make sure that no one can see that you're having a pee in a bottle underneath your desk. Now, today's show, you know, at the beginning I said is going to be all about webinars and podcasts, but really you could apply it to a lot of other things as well. Podcasts are the most marketing bang for buck you can get from content marketing. It's as simple as that. And the thing is, people will argue the toss and say, no, 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 blog posts are the most effective. But, you know, the thing is, people aren't reading blogs like they used to. Uh, we know that dwell times are going down on blogs. We know that people bounce much quicker. And, uh, you know, there's, there's some real issues people have got about uh, getting their blog posts out there. Maybe if you're in medium and you've got a big following, uh, you have a competitive uh, outlet. But, you know, company blogs, as a general rule, are pretty dead uh, these days. You know, they're, they're useful because it's stuff you can post into LinkedIn and generates content. It's, it's content for your social media content posting. But, you know, they're not getting the same kind of traction they used to, you know, five, ten years ago. And I, I know this because, you know, I've been working as a writer and journalist for years. I've worked, you know, on, you know, dozens of blogs and, you know, I, I know and online newspapers as well, actually. And they're just not getting the traction they used to. So we'll put that to one side. And we're not going to talk about video uh, because video is fantastic content. We know this. But, you know, the barriers to entry on video are pretty high. If you want to do it effectively, um, then, you know, it can get expensive uh, to actually produce, you know, really good video content. If you want to do it gonzo at home like a YouTuber, that's fine. There aren't many brands, though, that can really effectively do that very easily. Um, you know, you need to be a very authentic brand and you need to have, you know, a very relaxed marketing and PR team to actually let you have a camera and do the sort of, you know, YouTuber gonzo stuff that can generate, you know, good followings on YouTube. And you might do how-tos, you might put up product demos and all sorts of things like that to support other kinds of marketing. That's great. But as a general rule, those videos don't get the same sort of traction 
uh, and uh, viewability from potential audiences, uh, they're more to do with customer support functions and things like that. So you can do some very interesting stuff with the video, and you can make your video cost-effective, but video is surely the jewel in the crown when it comes to, you know, uh, budget. So, okay, let's not talk about video. Then we come to the webinar and the podcast. And these things are really interesting for me because, you know, webinars have really taken off, especially with uh, the pandemic, with the corona lockdowns uh, around uh, the EU and the UK. You know, webinars have really taken off and the events industry is pushing it very hard, obviously, because live events have really, really struggled. Uh, and, you know, they're still finding it difficult to come back. And there have been some great events uh, and hybrid events, you know, uh, coming off. There's one, I do the podcast, actually, for the uh, uh, the GFF Summit, which is a big banking summit in Luxembourg every year. They do a great uh, online event. They're doing a great hybrid event that's going to be coming up uh, in February. And that's fantastic. And that is, you know, a three-day event with webinars as well as, you know, live seminars and a live audience and stuff. And it's going to be fantastic. That is a pretty major undertaking. Um, what I'm talking about in terms of the massive growth is the webinar that's you know put on by a company. It's got three guest speakers from three you know companies who work in the same domain, and it's got an audience of you know 200, 300, 400, 500 people. And so, why does a podcast beat that kind of webinar? Here's reason number one. So the, let's start with the basic costs. You know, podcasts always beat uh, ROI on webinars because. A webinar, you need a webinar platform. You know, if it's a decent one um, that can accommodate, you know, a few hundred attendees and four or five guests and have all the functionality you want, then you're you're spending upwards of, I don't know, 600 to 1,000 euros a month to have access to that kind of kit. Now, if you're going to do that, um, which is pretty cost-effective for what you're getting, and don't get me wrong, I'm not criticizing anyone who's providing those services. Um, but if you're going to do that, then you need to be doing a couple of webinars a month to actually be competing with the production costs for producing a sort of, you know, half hour, you know, 20 minute, half hour podcast. So the thing is, it's already expensive. But let's say you are doing a couple a month. You think, well, that's great. The challenge then is, yeah, but it's the management cost, right? Because it's a live event. It's a live event that is also uh, ticketed and managed. Okay. And that means there's an audience. That means there is customer support that has to come into that somewhere along the line. Someone will have a question to ask, uh, or they'll miss the webinar or there'll be some, you know, issue. Uh, so you have to have staffing that are sort of customer facing for a live webinar. It's also, it's a live event. So obviously you've got to get live speakers who can attend at the time. And obviously the audience needs to be able to attend at the time. So there are scheduling challenges around that. You can't record it at, you know, one o'clock in the morning and, you know, put it out at a prime time. It is absolutely definitely something that has to happen live. So then that means you've got to make sure that you can organize a good slot so you're not clashing with other webinars or, you know, other events that might be on at the time. Again, there are, uh, you know, management overheads that are attached to that and admin overheads that are attached to that. And then, of course, you've got to find your speakers. Now, the thing is, you have to find speakers for a podcast. You have to find guests for a podcast. But the difference is you have to find speakers who will all come together at the same time and are prepared to appear at a live event and talk in public. All right, none of those restrictions apply to podcasts. So, you know, I've put shows together where there may have been a few guests who have sent me voice memos talking about a particular topic and then I've edited those together and made it sound like it's a real show. I've done shows where I've interviewed the guest myself uh, for half an hour and they can't make any other time and then we've done a re-record with other members of the podcast who have then asked the questions that I asked and then we've dropped those in so it sounds as though we're all in the same room together at the same time having a conversation but of course actually it's all happened asynchronously. 
There are lots of production tricks you can do with podcasts to emulate a webinar. There's nothing you can do with a webinar to make it like a podcast unless you obviously record it and edit it out. So the thing is, is that, you know, you're into higher admin costs, higher management costs, and, you know, uh, potentially uh, much higher uh, fees to actually, you know, have access to a hosting platform. Um, And at the end of that, what have you got? You've got an hour of content, maybe, or two hours of content, but it's live content. And that brings us on to reason number two. Now, the second reason is strategy. You know, if you want to have really good strategic comms with targeted messaging where you've got all the messages you want to get out there uh, to hit your marketing goals, where you can go in depth with uh, product features or you can draw out aspects of the brand or reference campaigns and sort of, you know, sync up with all your other promotional activities. You can do that very effectively in a podcast. You can't do that so well in a webinar. Uh, In a webinar, you've got guests. uh, Inevitably, those guests tend to be from other organizations, and they tend to come along and want to talk about their own products, services, and things that they do. Now, that's fine, but the thing is, it dilutes the message. And let's face it, we've all been to webinars or to panel events, uh, conferences, where one person has talked more than the others and has sort of taken up too much airtime and bored people to death with their own stuff, or they've gone off topic, etc. You, you can't control it. The bottom line is, is that, you know, you're filming a conversation. You are not creating strategic marketing communications material. And the, the bottom line is, is that if you can afford to film conversations instead of doing uh, strategic marketing with your budget, then okay, that's fine. If you can't and you'd rather be doing strategic marketing, then you know the webinar just isn't as an effective format. Reason number three is all about quality. Yes, it's about quality. Because the thing is, you know, have you ever watched a video of a live webinar? Um, because let, let me tell you now, a video of a webinar is, is pretty dire. Uh, because you are looking at people in a very static way. Now, when we consume visual media, we see camera angles, we see lighting, we see all kinds of things which we don't consciously acknowledge or recognize. We, we we sort of absorb them on an unconscious level. But, you know, you definitely know the difference between watching Netflix and watching, you know, uh, a panel of industry experts discussing, you know, better sales strategies for, you know, uh, online platforms or whatever. So, There is something going on here, which is it's all to do with quality. Now, the thing is, when you go to an event, you're engaging with quality, all right? You know, I've been to great events. They have, you know, snacks, (laughs) coffee, uh, you know, they've got staging, music, you know, great AV, all that sort of stuff. It really transforms the experience of being at a seminar in the flesh. A webinar is no different from, you know, a, a Teams meeting with your colleagues. And so as a result, you are in a much flatter, less engaging environment to begin with. Now, podcasts, it's not the same. Podcasts beat that 100% in every way because you consume them like you consume actual entertainment content. You know, you listen to it on your favorite podcasting app or you listen to it on your favorite device or you listen to it in the car or you listen to it in the gym. Right now, you're never going to have, you know, a Netflix menu that comes up with, you know, oh, it's the latest episode of Stranger Things. That's great. Oh, and look, there's a webinar next to it. Whereas your podcast is exactly that. It is there alongside the BBC News. It is there uh, alongside, you know, Peter Crouch's football podcast. It's there alongside comedy shows and, you know, all kinds of different, you know, things that you will consume in different ways. So the podcast elevates you from business channels, actually, into, uh, you know, much more consumer-oriented spaces. Now, the thing is, you're not trying to reach consumers. You're trying to reach business people. But guess what? Business people who work in your industry are also consumers, and they also like quality. All right, so the thing is, is that 
you know, the next point is depth. You never get the same depth in a webinar that you can do in a podcast series. And that's because you've got a lot more time with a podcast series. Uh, you know, you might do 12 half-hour episodes. That's six hours for you to talk in depth about your brand, your product, what you do, the news, topics. I mean, that that is a lot of listening because it's broken into chunks, into episodes. It will be consumed uh, at the user's pace. So the user experience, the user's in control um, of podcasting. So, you know, they will consume it. Now, what often happens is, and we find this all the time, people will dive in uh, with one episode and then they'll go back and they'll listen to the last three or four and they might listen for a couple of hours in a go. Uh, This happens quite a lot. We're producing a show at the moment called um, the GFF Podcast, which is, you know, for the GFF Summit that's coming up next year. And, you know, we've only done four episodes. We've already generated over 300 hours of listening uh, from the audience. Now, this is a a show that is all about uh, corporate banking products, which are primarily targeted at central banks and at sovereign wealth funds and, you know, at actual high street banks and commercial banks as well. So this is not a, a product that has a very wide uh, listener base, and yet we've already had 300 hours of people listening to GFF branded content, going in depth and under the hood with you know very high end banking products, and we're only on episode four. Okay, this is a really really good standout for a half hour show, and right? that's that's you know something that you know is 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 quite a big win in terms of content marketing. And you know, looking at that, we've got in depth. We've had over 10 guests as well. Now, you're never going to get 10 guests in an hour-long webinar, okay, because they get six minutes each to speak. So that's not going to work. 10 guests in a two-hour-long webinar get 12 minutes each to speak. You're not going to get depth. You're not going to get really good engagement. You're certainly not going to get banter and other things as well. So a podcast actually is a much longer production. If you think of it as a whole, it's, hey, I'm going to put out six hours of content marketing, and we're going to go absolutely 100% all out in every nut and bolt of our new widget. You can do that, but you can do it in bite-sized chunks that people really want to engage with and let's face it how many people watch a a webinar and then say oh i must go back and look at the back webinars they've done the last five and watch all those videos as well they just don't behave the same way no one does a netflix binge on webinars in the way they do with podcasts and that's not my opinion the stats will show that if you if you go out there and you have a look uh, you know, people writing about podcasts and look at the agencies and the, the media monitors that are talking about it. We know that this is a genuine uh, phenomenon with podcasts. Very, very effective, much greater depth, which leaves us with reason five. Okay, so, you know, reason five kind of comes full circle. It's all about ROI. Why? If we bring all these things together, yes, you can make a case, you can go more in depth, you can you know, do it at a better uh, cost per uh, listen, you can absolutely make it easier to manage and you can get a high quality product out of it. That's fine. But ROI is more than that. ROI is the whole thing. So this is why podcasts beat webinars, okay? When was the last time you saw a new phone that had an app on it labeled webinars? And the answer is never. All right. But they've all got a podcast app. You know, it doesn't matter if you're Amazon, uh, you know, tablets. It doesn't matter if you're a Microsoft Surface. It doesn't matter if you're, you know, a Samsung Galaxy or an iPhone or an iPad. Right. You, you've got an app on there to play podcasts already. So it's established. It's a channel. It's there. That's great. But more to the point, they're much more shareable. 
at the end of the day, they're much more shareable. And the reason for that is partly down to the fact that, obviously, they're interoperable. They're built into everything, so it's easy for you to send a podcast to a friend or whatever. Um, it's also partly down to the fact that you can just clip bits of it out and create you know, little sound bites that you can put out on your social media uh, to sort of attract people to the show. And it's shareable because, you know, if you turn on your video camera or your phone, like I do when I, I'm recording this at the top of the show, then that's great. You know, you've got a little clip you can put out on your social media as well. So you can, you can produce that sort of teaser content so it's shareable from that point of view but it's also more shareable in terms of uh, the fact that you can make it relevant and you can make it targeted and you can make it topical. Because, you know, if you're recording a weekly show, uh, you can discuss the news. If you're recording a show at a different cadence or maybe you're recording 12 shows in a week, which I've certainly done, you can plan out to target all the right points that you know are going to be interested to your uh, audience. So it's more shareable from the point of view that you can make it much more relevant and much more engaging for people. Um, you know, with a webinar it has to be broad all right you're never going to have a webinar where you spend an entire hour talking about one aspect of something whereas in a podcast of course you can spend a whole podcast talking about just one aspect of something like this one all right you know i've just spent you know 10 15 minutes talking about roi and you know the power of podcast as content marketing and all the different reasons why which is lower cost more strategic higher quality a much greater depth and ultimately more shareable there you go that's five things that i could put out in this and i could talk like this i couldn't have done this in a webinar if i was you know having my slot in a webinar uh, all the things i've said might have been broken into chunks or there'd have been other people who wanted to add their 2p to it etc etc and at the end of all of that you will go away and if you want to share are you sharing the whole webinar are you going to say hey fast forward to this point in the webinar because this person says something interesting uh, do you remember who was speaking sometimes we've been listening you know to, to webinars and it's like oh yeah that was a really good point who made that again oh was it you know uh, Jane from Corporation X or was it Bob from Corporation Y or oh no hold on a second was it something that came up in one of the videos I don't know uh, you know suddenly it's confusing Bottom line is, there are friction points when it comes to sharing a webinar, which you can design out of the, the, the production process when you're putting a podcast together. It's easier to share in terms of its format. It's easier to share in terms of its networkability, its interoperability. And also, it's easier to share because you can make it more relevant to your audience in a very strategic way by planning it out first. Okay, there you go. That's why you need a podcast. And if you do need a podcast, get in touch with me. Uh, or get in touch with the Podcast You team. Uh, follow us on LinkedIn at uh, linkedin.com slash company slash WePodcastU or send me an email, Andrew, at WePodcastU.com. And uh, there are actually more of us than... It's not just me. It's just I'm the only one who's prepared to actually, you know, come out in public and talk. Uh, but you've met Avery and, you know, there are others who are working with me. You know who you are. In the meantime, do come back and uh, listen to the next episode of How to Be a Podcast Genius. And in the meantime, have a good week, have a safe week, and we'll see you next week. Bye-bye.